But again, is he going to be used no. um, this season? Because you said you you heard uh, was it Enzo or his assistant yeah. saying he's one for the future. But- everybody yes welcome back to the fbc in episode 21 where we're going to be doing things a little bit differently net from now on but we will tell you that very very soon this is the fbc if you've not listened to us before we are a podcast dedicated to leicester city football club men's women's and youth teams but there is a slight little bit of a twist here only one of us is a leicester fan and the other one is a mighty Grimsby Town fan. But I did work there at Leicester City Football Club, which will be coming up very, very, very soon. And you'll understand more when we manage to get the podcast out. But that's what the podcast is about. We're going to give you our views on Leicester City Football Club. And this week is going to be a bit of a doozy because we've got lots planned for you. But before we get into that, I need to introduce the real Leicester City fan. The guy who has supported Leicester since a wee baby. He used to love Steve Walsh. His favourite number is number five. And when asked why he likes Leicester, well, it's because they are good. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's the man who doesn't understand VAR or offside. It is Mr. Dean Parker. Hello. Does How anyone you... understand it? No, not really. I think I understand <laughs> it a little bit more, but I, I, I don't get it. I don't like it. I hate it. It's one of the big topics we keep bringing up in this wonderful show. We do. So, anyway, how are you, sir? Yeah, I'm, I'm well. A bit tired, but I'm good. How yeah, are you? I'm saying a bit tired, up for work early today, but getting back to do this, it's been a bit of a struggle. Over the last couple of, couple of weeks, we've actually not been on. We've had loads of been, sorry, we've been doing loads of stuff. I've been at Disney. Uh, yes, Disneyland Paris, I've been there. Fantastic, very magical. You've been working lots. We've got families. We've got, I'm setting up a business. So there's a lot going on and we have dropped the ball. And it's probably been mainly, mainly my uh, issue on that one. So, but we are going to pick it up. We are changing the thing, changing a few things, should I say. We'll be able to speak, I promise, by the end of the show. Um, so we're going to make this now once a week. We're not going to do three of it or, or two. We're going to do this once a week. Going to come out now on a Wednesday. So this is out Wednesday. Uh, and we're going to be looking at the past and the present of what Leicester City Football is going to be doing. So what they did in the last week and what they're going to be doing in the next week, we're going to be looking at that. We'll also take a little bit of a wonderful look at the world of football where we will take a, 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 a small peek outside. And today's topics, we've got quite a doozy in it, actually, and it might have an effect on this podcast. So we'll find out what's happening there. Uh, and we may even start looking at the Fantasy Football League, but that might be something we leave because we're doing very, very poorly, aren't we, Mr. Dean? Oh, yeah. it's. <laughs> I think... What's more interesting, rather than at the top of our league, is what's happening at the bottom, <laughs> because it's between me and you who will finish bottom. To be, <laughs> oh, isn't yeah. it? I I put out at the beginning of the season uh, the person who wins the league, or if anybody finishes above us, will win a will win a Leicester City top. So if I was say you know first, you know then nobody would win. If I was second, it would be whoever wins second and and and, and stuff. So. Um. Uh, and I was like, nobody's going to win this year. I've got it all sussed. I've planned it. I've been, you know, but in the end, I'm I'm bottom, well, bottom but one of the league. 
it's hard, wow. isn't it? And I don't, I don't think you understand until you get into it. But I'm, I'm looking at my team and I'm thinking, what more can I do? I'm looking I'm just week not in, winning, week but there's nothing more I can do. It's a world-beating team. Why isn't it doing the business? <laughs> and that's the problem. But anyway, we might get into that later. So on this wonderful show, we are going to be looking at the season so far, how we think Leicester have done, where there's the downfalls, where's the up points on this one. And I believe we're going to have some controversy in this. Then we're going to be looking at what's coming up, the games against Watford, what's going to happen, how they're going to uh, how they're going to approach this, are they going to change anything? And then we're going to look into the wonderful world of football where we've got two topics which kind of fit into one and hopefully we'll get that done in 30 minutes and less. Okay? Okay. Should we get on with this? Let's do this. Right. So the season so far, 16 games played, 13-1, 3 lost. I need to ask you a question. Is that a shock that you've lost three? Uh, are you asking me from, from like the start of the season or how it started? I'm going to ask you for, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna ask you right from now, from this moment on, looking back at everything, is it a shock that you've lost three? I expected to lose some, but I think it was a shock who we lost to, put it that way. I think one of them's a shock. I mean, Hull, Hull the, 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 the loss against Hull was a shock to me. I think... Looking at people like Middlesbrough and Leeds, who I feel are, are, are two very talented teams. I mean, Middlesbrough are championship bred. They've 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 got a good manager in Carrick. They they play really well. They made the playoffs last season. They're getting better. They've improved their squad. Yes, they started a little bit slow, but they've improved, and I think they've got a really good team. And Leeds United, I always thought that was going to be your toughest game, and you know they didn't they didn't play very well, but they knew how to defend. You know, they knew how to look at your strong points and go, right, that's not what we're going to do. That's not what we're going to let them do. We're going to do this. And they got their one goal and that's it. They're done. And I think that's what's going to happen now. Teams are going to either take their chances and then defend and put everything behind when they're going to come up against you or they're going to wait until the last minute and do a, do a you. They're going to sit back. They're going to let you play with the ball all game long. You know, have you 75% of possession and they're going to get that 10% and they'll score. Guaranteed. Well, that's the thing. Uh, we, we've got a great team and we play good football, but at the start of the season, no one really knew what Enzo was going to bring and what Leicester City was going to bring. And our most two two recent games, we've we've lost both of them. People are starting to find out what Enzo's like, and the games that we've played, we've we nearly got caught out at Sunderland because they brought the game to us. We lost to Leeds because they brought the game to us. Teams now are going to think we we can't sit back against Leicester. We've got to go for it. If we go for them, we'll unsettle them, especially at the back when we've got slow slow defenders. But this yeah, is it. They're, they're the, learning this, aren't they? They're watching the teams and how they play. Okay, and there is a system out there that is going to slow you down. Now, I think at the last game against Middlesbrough, we had a conversation afterwards, um, and you you were very down. You were very disgusted because you felt. Like there wasn't a plan B. What do you mean by that? Well, I fought it in the Leeds United game as well. Um, when we are down, we carry on playing the same way that we have played the whole game, even if that isn't working. I'll start with the Leeds United game. It kept going when we was on the attack. We we took the we took it to them in the second half, around about sixty minutes, trying to get the ball in the back of the net. But it kept going to the wing to. Um, for Tawu 
And it, it was just knocking it in, into the box. No one there, no one getting on the end of it. But it kept going like that. There wasn't any other way to play. And it could you, you could see it's not working. Surely the manager could see it's not working. But he didn't have a plan B to change it to. What what did he have other than to play like, like that? So I'm going to play a bit and of I believe... Oh, go on, go on. Sorry, sorry. Sorry. I believe Middlesbrough uh, was kind of the same. There's, you know, you can take off players, but he he hasn't got another formation. He hasn't got a different way to play. And if you haven't got a different way to play and your, your way of playing isn't working and it isn't going to work in a certain game, what can you do? It's <laughs> You can win, but that's probably on luck. I mean, looking at their system that they've played, it's been pretty consistent. It's a 4-3-3, 4-3-3, 4-3-3, 4-3-3, 3-4-3, where they lost a hull. And then since then, it's been a 4-3-3, the way that you look at it. Now, that's their starting formation. That's how they line up right at the beginning of the kickoff. I reckon when you watch it, it is more of a 3-4-3, because obviously you've got your three centre-backs there. Maybe Justin is coming in a little bit. But you always see Ricardo going forward a little bit more. And I think teams are, are looking at that because I feel at the moment you've got slow defenders, as you said, and they're looking at this and they're going, right, let's let them play around at the back, you know, because, you know, that's fine. They can play. If we chase it, they're just going to play it. And if they back off, if they back off and hold their ground, the worst that's going to happen here is they're going to come away with a point. That's the worst they're going to have because they're not going to. But if you go and try and take the game to Leicester, if you're going to go and take that game to Leicester, chase after the ball, you're going to get tired. That's when those holes are going to start to open up. You'll start to see the through balls and the, and the wingers doing their little bit. And then suddenly that's when you start to lose. I mean, that's what happened. You know, you're looking at the Southampton game. They wanted to take the game to Leicester. They wanted to be the better team, but they ended up losing 4-0. The same with, you know, Preston North End. They wanted to take the game to Leicester, ended up losing 3-0. You know, these, these are the things. Swansea are the same. You know, Swansea were looking to get the early goal in that one and then they lost 3-1. So for me, right, you're looking at, like, teams are now starting to slowly work this out. Let's sit back. Mm. Worst that we're going to get is a point. That's fine. Against Leicester, that's fine. You know, I'll, I'll take a, a point against Leicester. And if Leicester do this and all the other teams, you know, um, sit around, then you guys are just going to get points each game. It's going to be boring. You're not got the, there's no emphasis on, on, on moving forward and attacking. I don't think you can with this, with the system that you've like, got right now. Like you said, that's a big, a big part in, in Leicester's game is, is to be patient, try and wear the other team out, try and bring them out of position. And that's one thing that again, again, go back to the Leeds game again. That's one thing that Leeds didn't do. And it was often said a lot in the game that they they kept their position no matter what. They they would chase Leicester when they can, but apart from that, they didn't bring any players out of position. They stayed their position. They stayed what they wanted to do, and it, it worked for them. And 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 you see that Middlesbrough did the same. They kind of yeah. let you know. They kind of let you have your your tippy tap. You're going to have more possession in in the, in the game. But you're not actually going to achieve anything more than than just having that ball around the midfield area. You may have a few attacks, a few shots. I mean, in the Leeds game, if I'm correct, if I remember the stats there, you had zero shots on target, maybe one at the end, you know? And and that for a team that wants to win the league is shocking. Absolutely shocking. To tippy tappy that football around, you and you've got to have some sort of end product. And I, I think I'm, there's I, one. 
I think there's one shot on target, and that was a header in the last minute. So you could, I would like to say, you could say I, it was zero, couldn't you? Yeah, I'd like to say Fatou's shot that hit the bar was on target. So I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm probably gonna say in technicality it was two because when you watch it, you do see the keeper does get a glove on it, a little glove on his little finger on it, and I think that for me would be classed as a save. So therefore, it was on target, <laughs> uh, but they didn't count it anyway. But the problem is there's got to be an end product. So having this passing, there's got to be end product. You could pass it around between the back three, back four, whatever you've got all day long, and you could have 90% of possession. But if there's no end product, you're not going to get anywhere. You know, Goals is what wins a football game. 100%. 100%. And I just think right now, in this time off, I think Enzo will be working on a plan B. How can we, you know, where's that formation change that's going to, that's going to, you know, that's going to help them move forward? Where's that formation uh, change that's going to bring the game back into City? Are they just going to go, right, okay, if we go behind, we've then got to up our tempo and get forward and find more spaces? Or are they going to say, right, let's change it? You know, bring a second striker on, have two up front, which you can't really do because you've only got two strikers. And again, poor buying in the summer, I've got to say. Um, for me, you definitely need a striker. Nacho is definitely not going to get 20 goals a season. Um, and it's quite funny. I've I've was been talking to one of his one of his like advocates, one of his people that like him, and 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 he said, I can't I can't defend him right now. I cannot defend, you know, Nacho right now because he's just not performing at the level that he should be. Yeah. Well, we brought Tom Cannon. He's is um, fit again, but again, is he going to be used no. um, this season? Because. You said you you heard uh, was it Enzo or his assistant yeah. saying he's one for the future? But so it looks like he's not going to be used. He's only going to be used in bit parts, probably cup matches, but for the run out and things like that. The problem is they're going to need to use him. Vardy can't continue doing what he's doing. Nacho's not hitting that form. They're going to have to put him in at some point. But when they're already they're already sat down and said he's one for the future. That's me saying, well, they don't rate him right now. He doesn't feel like he's going to fit into the team right now. It's going to take a bit of time. I mean, for me, if he was already in the system, I'm going to be like, yeah, you know, he's coming along. He's coming along. He could be ready in the next couple of weeks. I think he's going to be amazing. Not he's one for the future. That, for me, says that they don't they don't really trust what he's got to offer right now. And again... It's okay buying one for the future because you can develop them, but... At this moment in time, Leicester City needs someone who's ready, who's proven, who's who's the product already. That someone who can who can go slot straight in there and and play and can put a good shift in. But but the question is right. You 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 can buy ones for the future if you've already got somebody in there. And how do you then how do you then get them to become the future? You give them games, you give them opportunities. What you do is you go to a game where you're winning 4-1, 4-0, 3-0, and say, right, last 15 minutes, let's get you in there. Last 20 minutes, get you in there. You know, th those kinds of the ways that you build them up. Or you send them out on loan. Well, you can't send them out on loan because if, you, if he goes out on loan now, you've got no strikers, unless you use Casey up front, which I think is, you know, for me, he's a it's probably more obvious that they're going to start looking at doing that because obviously Fatou and uh, Medavidi, they're playing really well. These guys are your best players of the season so far. Even though a lot of people are saying it's Winks, I don't get that. I feel Winks is doing exactly what he's there to do, not really setting the world alight. Yes, scored a great goal against QPR, love that. But he's very, you know, he is definitely a 7 out of 10, 6 out of 10 guy. 
for me, looking at Medavidi and Fetitu, you're looking at a seven, eight, sometimes a nine out of ten performance. They're quick. They, you know, you give them the ball, and the game can change if you've got the right attitude within the other midfielders out there. But for me, you need somebody now up front. You need somebody now. So January transfer window coming up is probably going to be key. Key, key, key. And we'll look at that in a moment. Definitely. And it's it's obvious now because it, earlier on in the season, we've been okay because goals have been coming everywhere. McAteer, um, Dewsby Hall, Mavadidi. Goals have been coming from all of them lot. And, and Didi as well with the odd one. But now, when they're not scoring... The strikers aren't doing their job. It's the strikers' jobs to score the goals, and the the rest of the team have dropped off scoring goals. But that's not not their job to score the goals. It's the strikers, and even even shots on target. At least at least it shows you're trying. We we can't we can't pass through the back through the midfield without creating chances. Yeah. And, and again, that's the thing. Chances and goals are what are going to get you the three points and get you back in the Premier League. And you've not we're, really. Done we're moaning that. now, but we're top of the league. But the thing is, we've we've lost the last two. That's that's the problem. That's not, what what we're complaining. At. I don't think we're complaining as 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 much as trying to set the record straight to say. I mean, probably it's not the right words, but we're just trying to explain how I think right now, if you don't change if you don't have a good January transfer window, then this could be the point where you're going to think. Now, I did say this. After the Leeds game, you're going to have a slump. I think the Middlesbrough game showed that you're going to get a... Watford, you may be lucky. You may be kind, kind of lucky that Watford are coming into this uh, because, obviously, you've had a little bit of a break, during, you know, for the international time. You've had a lot of time to work on it. Some of your players, you know, majority of your players that you want to work with are still there. So you've now got a lot of, like, trading play through this, a lot of relaxation, getting some injuries sorted out. So I think it's 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 come for you at the right time. But, you know, Watford, for me, I think are going to give you a tough game. Maybe get a 1-1 draw out of this one. I don't, you know, if, if, if Watford, are any, if Watford, you know, have got their head screwed on, which they don't normally have because obviously they get them into their managers left, right and centre. Um, you could be in for a, a a tough game if they've got their head screwed on. So, yeah, I believe that. And it looked all well and fine and dandy before the two losses, didn't it? Like um, we were far ahead, but it's now Ipswich. We're eleven on points with Ipswich. We're only there on goal difference, and that's only plus four above Ipswich. So, yeah, and again, Top may not be for us if if we don't start get our act together. The one thing I will say is, yes, we're, we're, we're having a debate about this. We're looking at what we need, a plan B, a plan C, a plan D for some teams. Um, but I still think you will go up. I think you'll just have enough to go up. Whether you finish second or first, you, you're going to get automatic promotion. Um, but you're going to have a slip. And it may be that you're having your slip now. I mean, you're very fortunate that on the 29th of November, you got Sheffield United coming up at the bottom of the league at this precise moment in time. Very much in disarray going through this at the moment. You then got West Brom, seventh could be higher than that uh, when you come up. Plymouth, uh, who are 19th. So you've got a couple of games where you, 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 you're going to be up and down. You may get a couple of results from those ones, um, really. But then you've got a couple of tough games coming up in December. Boxing Day, Ipswich, second in the table right now, flying, doing really well. If they keep up their form, that's going to be a tough game for you because I think they're going to give you a good one. And it would be funny that one of your own players that they brought will come on and score the winner. I can see that happening. 
June first. Um, yeah. yeah, and then uh, I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to the 18th of December. We're against the team that are 18th in in the championship, <laughs> Birmingham, and that's good for on field because they're in the, they're in a slump at the minute. But the off field will will dominate that that match, wouldn't it? It was it's 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 going to dominate. Obviously, yeah, we're Vardy, not going to talk about it because obviously you, you everyone knows what's happened and, and things. Yeah, Vardy versus Rooney part number two. Anyway, right, that's looking at the past. Okay, when we come back, we will be looking at the future. We're going to have a bit of a delve into the Watford game and to try and predict the team that's going to be playing, but also what the score is going to be. You're listening to the Foxes Blundercast. Morning, Albert. How are you, Roger? Well, I'm okay, I'm okay. I could have been better, but I'm okay. Why well, could be better than what, what's happened to you? Well, last night, uh, the wife asked me to have a word with our oldest daughter. All right, like Barbados and girly magazines and stuff. No, no, no. She's too old for that kind of stuff. I was talking to her about the birds and the bees. Oh, fantastic. You know about nature, you know, blue tits, sparrows, robins. What you on about nature? No, I'm on about the birds and the bees. Yeah, you know, bumblebees who go, and uh, birds who go tweet, tweet. No, 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 not birds that go tweet, tweet, or bees that go buzz, buzz, buzz. I'm talking about, how was your father? You know, a bit of how was your father? Oh, yeah, he's great, thanks, you know. Ah, forget it. Okay, welcome back to the FBC. I'm Mega Fat, a.k.a. Matt, and he is... Dean. Are you sure? A.K.A. Dean. A.K.A. Dean, <laughs> Mr. Dean or Dean. Oh. Right. Uh, so we've talked about the past. We see that there's a few issues. During this international break, Enzo's had an opportunity to change a few things, maybe get a few more, you know, plays, a bit of a plan B going in there. And you're coming up against Watford, 13th position at this precise moment in time. Um, solid start. I wouldn't say it was a great start, but it's a solid start, mid-table-ish. Um. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think? <laughs> it seems like a cliche every every week. <laughs> it's oh, here game. we go. Yeah, it's going to be a tough <laughs> game every week. But it is. I mean, I, I don't know if the international break has took some momentum off Watford or, or what. It might have done. It might have not. But they they beat Rotherham five nil in their last game. So whether it's um, stop the momentum having a break or whether they pick it up in the field against Leicester on Saturday, who knows? But they're on a high, beat Rotherham 5-0. Enzo's scratching his head. What can we do to to sort of get back in form, get back to winning ways we, we need to? Yeah, so it's, it's going to be... Yeah, they're not down there, Watford. They're kind of mid-table. So it will be a tough game for, for both teams. Um, and as going to the to the to lineup, I, I don't think much will change. I think we'll it'll start with Vardy up front, Mavdi and Fatawu on the on the wings. Um, same in midfield with Dewsbury or Winks, and uh, the same usual back three as well. So, what, and what yes. do you think the score will be? Two one to Leicester. I think I think we will concede in this one. 
Okay, 2-1, you always concede. Okay, so just looking at the Watford side, you've got former Leicester City goalkeeper, Ben Harmer, in goal for them at the moment. Um, I think they'll stick with their same team as they beat Rotherham. You've got Andrews at the back, a decent player there. You've got Livermore, uh, former West Bromwich Albion player, number eight, sitting in the middle. I think he's going to be quite strong there. You got, and I'm going to try and go for this one, but it's Rangajits or something like that. So I'm, I'm not... I'm not Rajovic. Sure. That's it. Rajovic. <laughs> scored two in the last game uh, against uh, Rotherham. So again, he's going to be doing. They're going for a four-three-three as well. You've got Asprilla, not the uh, original Newcastle Asprilla. So they've got some decent players. You're going to have to watch out for. You've got Ince on the bench for uh, Tom Ince, Ince yeah. on the events is there as well. So they've got some good players to come off that bench as well. And I, I just think again, I'm not going to do the cliche. It's going to be a hard game. Um, but I'm not going to say it like it's a cliche because every game in the championship is going to be a hard game. Um, but I still think you've got enough. 1-0 to Leicester. Team, um, obviously, goalkeeper speaks for itself right now. Um, I mean, Mads is definitely going to be there. I don't think anybody else is going to be able to take that position off him. Um, a few errors, but that's because he's young, good hands, good positioning. Looking at the back, you probably will still keep Justin to keep up with the spiller uh, on that uh, left-hand side. Of Leicester, uh, you'll probably will still keep Pereira, who will probably venture more into midfield. This the 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 centre back pairing is going to be an interesting one because right now you can't get away from Vestergaard, strong defender in the back, and I think he's Enzo's favourite uh, centre back at the moment. And maybe you'll probably see Fads in there. But I would like to see Suter. I think Vestergaard and Suter might do well. Suter just scored for Australia. Uh, in yeah. the international, so that's good. Um, but I'd like to see Suter in there, but I feel it'd be fades that will start. Um, and and, and maybe maybe you'll have fades on the uh, uh sorry, you'll have uh, Suter on the bench with probably uh Cody as well. I don't think you'll see Cody come on. I love it when you brought Cody, everybody was like, Oh, Cody's gonna be great, he's gonna be the fixture. He isn't really that fixture anymore, is he? Vestergaard's uh, taking that place. I, I would still have him over Vestergaard. Oh, but yeah, yeah, of course. But he's he's he's. Vestergaard is is a bit slow sometimes, and he is a bit too patient, spending too much time on the ball, and and too too patient. He has been good in in some games. I don't think for Premiership quality, but I'd I'd give uh, Cody a chance, and him and Vase I think would be a good partnership. But I don't think it's going to happen. Like you said, I think Enzo really rates Vestergaard. Yeah, I think I think so. Uh, midfield, you have obviously Harry Winks in there now. You know, obviously KDH, two fixtures in the team. Um, now, injury dependent, um, I feel that you will probably, I'd like to have Vendidi in there, but if it's not, you'll probably have Cassidy in there because I don't think there's anybody else that you could probably bring into it. So um, I'd like to see Vendidi come back in, but I'm probably going to say Cassidy is going to be in there. Uh, in, in in that fixture now, this this is where we'll probably you know the strikers itself against. I mean, I I know who I would pick up front and stuff. Medvedi and Fatu, but I'd also like to see Yunus come on. Um, I really would like to see him doing something, maybe taking off uh, a Cassaday and having him up front. So having more of a uh four at the back. Uh, yeah, four at the back. Two, one. Uh, sorry, two, three. One kind of thing, 
Um, is he back from injury yet? Then Eunice. I think I think he's 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 in line to be, but again, injury permitting on that one. And obviously, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, Jamie Vardy's got to start. There's no if, buts, or maybe's about that. He's the better player out the uh, strikers there. Dak is never going to get an opportunity, so uh, I feel that that might be something that uh, uh, is going to happen. But you never know. You never know. So we've given our predictions: one 0 to Leicester from me, two one from him for the Leicester game what's yours let us know you can find us on Twitter uh, or Facebook it's dead simple just follow our links that are below in the description on this podcast channel anyway we're going to leave it there we're going to come back and we're going to be quickly hit onto the wonderful world of football where we're going to be talking Everton and England and this could have a huge impact on this podcast join us after the break Morning, Albert. You're right, Rogers. Oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. A little bit busy, but I'm fine. Oh, but busy doing a lot of paperwork and stuff then. Oh, I'm busy. I'm that busy, I'm snowed under. Oh, yeah. Snowed under? It's blistering sunshine out here. What are you on about snow? I'm not on about the weather. I'm on about being busy. Yeah, but you you said it's snowing or something. Ah, forget it. Welcome back to this, the Foxes Blundercast, or aka the FBC, the where we are blundering our way through the wonderful world of podcasting and football. And this one is all dedicated to the Leicester City Football Club. And we're in the final moments here of the podcast. I don't know what I'm doing, Dean. Stop me. Why don't you stop me? Why don't you stop me, man? <laughs> Anyway, thank you for joining us again, for coming back. Uh, right, we're going to be talking the wonderful world of football. And uh, two particular topics here, Everton and England. Now, we'll we'll try and talk about them separately. And then at the end, if it may already come into this, but at the end, we'll talk about the reason why we put these two together. Okay, so Everton, been deducted 10 points. Do you agree with this? Yes. Say what now? <laughs> do well. They broke the rules, didn't they? They yeah. broke the rules. They need to be punished. But what I don't agree with is them being punished alone. Surely okay. Man City have, have been bre- uh, breaching things. It, it came out in the news. I think it was last year or earlier this year. And you've got to look at other teams as well. Chelsea in particular, who have got a billionaire owner, and I'm sure they've spent more than what they've got coming in. Man City, it's been documented anyway. So they've got to look at other teams as well who are are breaching it because I'm sure it's happening. Yeah. Okay. I okay. So I agree that they, if they've broken the rules, they should be punished. Okay. We all, if you know, we do we speed and we get punished. If we do this, we get punished. If we do that, we get punished. I get that. But really, for spending money. Should it be a points deduction? I'm not so sure. I'm thinking maybe look at a transfer ban. Maybe something like uh, you know, you have to get you have to do a lot more for charity. I don't know. There's there's just something. I, I mean, I'm really up for the, the you know the transfer ban. I think that's probably a, a better way because you've spent your money. You can't spend it now. You got to make sure that you can. Why would you give them a points deduction? Because if they get relegated because of this. They're going to be in more financial trouble than they were before. So what are you technically really doing to this club? Okay, so you give them 10-point deduction, January transfer windows coming up. So what they're going to do to try and get out of that? They're going to spend money. 
to get out of that. But then they're going to go, well, I can't spend money for that. So therefore, they either save it, they get relegated, and then they get relegated because they can't spend any more money. So what you do is you say a transfer embargo, okay? You could, unless you have a, you know, injury crisis where you've got no keepers or anything like that. This would also then start making other teams like Man City's or the Everton's and the Liverpool's and all that have a very, very good youth system. And they therefore is where they would bring them into. I think that would be a better solution than points deduction. However, it's a, it's a, it's the thing it's happened. At, was it Chelsea? And uh, I think Watford have got a transfer ban at the moment. I'm not sure if it, well, obviously not the same things as Everton because they've got a points induction. But it happened to Chelsea, didn't it, when Frank Lampard was in charge? Uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The transfer ban, and it worked well. So, and it, it, it does because they've 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 got to wait until they're done. And I think you know, for me, if they've had a transfer ban because of what they did, which I think it was exactly the same, I think there needs to be, you know, some consistency. And that's the problem. You're going to give Everton a points deduction um, and just going to cost them more money. And I think that is wrong. I think you've got to have some consistency. And this is where I fully agree with your next point when you said it has to be fair. If you are going to make an example of Everton, you then need to make an example of Man City, who have had more breaches of financial fair play than anybody else. There has been findings. Now, I'm going to tell you now what I have heard, whether this is true or not. This is what I have heard. And if it isn't true, then I apologize for saying it. But these are the rumors that have been put out there that they have been faking certain things to say that they had more money coming in than, the, than, 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 than they had. It was being paid for by their super rich oil baron, whatever you want to call him, uh, owner. Now, if there's a financial fair play out there, then they should be punished for doing that. If not, then don't punish anybody. You know, let them do whatever they want to do. If they've got a rich owner, let them take over the world if they wanted to. But if you've got a rule that's in place, then you must then in you must then lay that out to everybody. Equality is something that we're all screaming about in humanity and in life. It should be done in football as well. If one team gets done for it because they've done X, Y, and Z, then the other team does. Not because now the this team can go and get a better lawyer to get themselves out of it and find a loophole. Well, no, there should be no loopholes. You shouldn't have a chance to fight it. You should be punished if you've broken that rule. And Everton I agree. Are. That's what I was saying. I, I agree with Everton being dot points because they broke the rules. But, but like you said, there should be cons some consistency here because Man City, I'm sure they've, they've got out of it by some sort of, you know, backhander or whatever. That's not confirmed, by the way. That's just what what I think. Again, this is or, all hearsay, or, isn't it? We're only reading what we've yeah. read in the papers or read on social media sites. So maybe we're getting some information wrong. Um, And please go and find out your own information. Don't mm. take what we but say it, as it, gospel. But this is our opinions. You know, nothing nothing is this, this is factual. Uh, I think football is is a bit corrupt that way. They they want the big teams because they'll make them money in the in the Champions League and things like that, and the little teams are just left to sort of go and and be punished. Um, I mean, if if, if surely you've heard about what what's happened with Everton, but they've got deducted ten points because you're permitted to lose one hundred and five million over three years. And the commission found that Everton losses up to uh, last season amounted to 124.5 million. So that's a, quite a bit over, isn't it? 
So here, here's something. Now, I'm just looking at this now. When was Everton's done? I need to find a little bit more information. So I've just Googled this. And this is what came up um, from, and it says it's from the Manchester City Evening News. Okay. So City were hit with unprecedented charges by the Premier League in February this year accused of more than 100 breaches of competitive rules that include a nearly a decade of mispresented their finances to the relevant authorities and failing to cooperate with an investigation into them. Now, here we go. So if that's what Man City did, over 100, right, um, right, what did Everton do? I'm going to have a quick, you know, quick look. And see what Everton did here. Because again, this is something that I've kind of got a little bit of knowledge on, but I want to get the facts for this podcast, you see. Um, okay, so according to the findings, and this is from the a different uh, source on the internet, the athletic.com, specifically according to findings of a regulatory commission, the club exceeded their permitted losses by a sum of £19.5 million and mis-submitted information about the stadium financing costs. So pretty much a little bit less than Man City. A little bit less, we'll say. Probably a lot less, but I'm not a financial fair play you know, guru on this one, okay? Yeah. Man City seems a lot bigger, and this was reported a lot earlier, but have Man City had any points deducted? Have Man City had a ban? No, why is this? I could only assume what I think the reason why this is, but I can't. I don't. I, I can't say because I could. You know. Yeah, I don't want to say what I think. We, I think we can all. We can all. Yeah, guess. yeah. You but, can all have. You own. know, charged with over one hundred and fifteen alleged financial fair play breaches. At least one of them's got to be a breach. There's one hundred and fifteen, but not also. Nine- nine-year period but not but the, the same information that's out there that they said they misled people they didn't give the right information is exactly the same as what was reported for man city so how is it that we're still waiting for man city's fine they're talking about arsenal getting one as yeah. well i mean let's be honest if we're going to look at man city arsenal chelsea and everton let's say those those are the ones that have been reported that could be uh, breaking financial fair play. There's probably others out there. I'm just going to say those ones. If there's those people out there that are breaking those financial fair play, it shows that this isn't really working. And the reason why is because there's no real consequence. Okay? Especially for somebody like a Man City, who I believe have had more breaches of fair play, financial fair play, should I say, right, than anybody else. And this, right, is something that is completely and utterly ruining my love of football. Okay, I've started to fall out of love with this. I've started to fall out of love with the beautiful game that I once loved so much as a kid that I would, you know, go out and buy match and shoot magazines. And I'm just getting to the point where am I overthinking this? Am I am I looking into this too deeply now? Should I just not enjoy the football again? But then when I watch the Premier League with the VAR, I don't want to watch that. I don't want to watch that football anymore. I've got to wait two and a half minutes before I get to know if it's a goal sometimes. I can go and make myself a cup of tea and come back and still wait to see if it's a goal. The excitement by that point is gone. I, I agree with you. I'm, you know, I, I, it's it's a it's hard situation. I mean, I, I don't like watching it because most of the politics is brought in like with just 
uh, talked about the points deduction, financial fair play, and then you've got the other side of it, VAR. Are they getting it? You know, and VAR was meant to make the game better and get every decision right. It's not. Every decision is not right. And I'd rather have a decision go wrong with human error rather than a computer doing it. 100%. But it is, but it is, a, but it is a human error that is still making those. So what I'm saying is an on-the-spot decision by a human I'd rather have than something that's taking two, three minutes to look at and still becoming wrong, you know? And, 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 you know, looking at some of these offside rules that they're showing on their social media sites, going out, you know, whatever they're showing right now, where they're drawing the lines, somebody's hand where they've got a hand leaning like at the back of them, but they're going in the opposite direction is keeping somebody onside or offside you know what i mean it doesn't which is wrong because you can't score with your hand exactly and so why is a hand hand even in 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 the equation and it's wrong like you said when someone celebrates a goal what was it you know the ball hits the back of the net quick look at the the linesman quick look at the referee goal you have to celebrate now it's well we've got to wait about five minutes for, for to see if everything was okay and it goes right back to the the build-up probably about a minute ago yeah. when the when the play first started. We, we've all it's, seen it. We've all seen it on TikToks, haven't we? We've all seen them. If you look on TikToks, they're on there. Okay, I'm going to put the line over here. Let's go back to you know frame one, frame two. No, that's frame two. Okay, that's where I want it to be. I'm going to put a line here. Okay, we're going to do this. And we think, and you sit there and go, for yeah. fuck's sake, for crying out loud, just tell me is it a goal or not? Just, just can the guy just can we not just go back to the simple days of if he was literally in between the goal and the defender he is fucking offside why is it yeah, now it has simple. to be a fingernail i'm sorry that, that was what we'll be doing in 20 years time it'll be like right oh my god his fingernails yeah. are just two inches longer than his and it's offside those fingernails are just two inches longer it's offside i mean it's like come on come and on. the rule which was brought in before var which is now since because VIR is here, has got so much more confusing that the interfering play thing. My eyes, if you're on the field, you're interfering play. Well, this is Surely. true. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my opinion of it. And now as a Leicester City fan, it's it's hard because we are top of the league. We're hoping to get back into the Premier League. The Premier League is where you want to be, but we don't want VAR in the Premier League. 100%. It was, it, you know, it, the, the same was. I've I'm been watching Leicester City women as well, and that's brilliant because it's not got VAR. Yes, they're not doing too well at the moment, but it's it's proper football because there is no VAR. VAR's ruining it. One hundred percent. Now, adding into that, um, so we're just, we're, we'll go on. Sorry, just just a bit of information about the financial fair play as well. Something which was released six hours ago. Now, this may be a bit out of date now because we're recording this on a, a Monday night, but. Um, according to the financial expert, the Swedish Rumble, uh, Man City are expected to be expelled from the Premier League as part of their punishment for breaking financial no, fair That's never going to happen. That's no, bollocks. No, awesome. yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I don't know what financial expert the Swedish Rumble <laughs> is. I've never heard of them. But, yeah, that's that's not never going to happen. And, and for, do, you know, for, do, you know, do you know what that is? We've, that's, we've clickbait. that's clickbait. That's never going to happen. I mean, Jesus Christ, expelling a team from the Premier League. How's that going to work? Because all the teams that have lost them, do they get their three points back? I mean, really, I don't you can, know. You can no. expel teams from the Premier no. League, but they'll never expel Man City. If that happens, all that 
if that happens, they'll go straight to the Saudi League. They'll all go over there. The Premier League will start to lose its business. It'll be done. They're never going to do that. They are talking out of their fucking arse. Yeah. And, anyway. and like, like you said earlier, the th- thing that really annoys me is how come uh, Everton's um, looking into their breach was, was that quick, but how come they've not come up with yeah. a result for Man City yet? It's equality. You know, I mean, equality is probably not the right word here, but you know, you know, just have the same thing for for everybody. The same player, every player gets the same treated the same. Every manager gets treated the same. Every team gets treated the same. In every league, that's how it should be. Men's, women's, everything. Everybody gets treated the same. That's what we're looking for. I got a bit passionate about this, but also just moving on. As we said, we're going to speak about England because obviously this with Everton's making me lose passion with. Um, with 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 football, you're losing. You've lost your passion for the England game. Why the international game? Should I say why? International. Yeah, I used to be big into it back when it was you know Beckham, Skulls, Owen, um, that sort of thing. But now I've just I, I don't watch the national team unless it's a big tournament. Um, I can't. I don't really get excited about it. I'd rather successful Leicester City than England. I, I I don't know whether that's because, I know it's always been like this, but players that you are playing against in the leagues and, and cups, you know, you're against Declan Rice for Arsenal, you're against, um, you know, Kane, well, used to be Kane for Tottenham. Um, the, the keeper, whether it's Ransdale, Pope or or someone else. I did, uh, you know, I've just yeah. lost lost a bit of it, and I, I've I've always said to you know the qualifying, I, I would change that as well to make it just a straight draw for qualifying, and it would make it more exciting. So to qualify for a tournament, you could be facing Italy, France, um, I don't know another big team, Spain and Portugal, all in one group, and you have to really really play well to to get through but now you're against sort of minnows no disrespect to them but like North Macedonia and Albania Faroe Islands and, and all that lot who you're expected to but, that, but that's always to been the beat. case that's that's always been that's there. what I said it's always been the case I'll, I'll change that but you change that okay yeah it's just I think the more it's happening it's, it's just got a bit more and more frustrating I don't feel I, yeah I don't I don't feel the passion for, for England as, as much as I do for Leicester City I think for me, a lot... I, don't know, I, I don't know why it's changed because I used to have passion for him when it, like I said, back in the day when it was Beckham, Sol Campbell, Scholes, David Seaman, all that lot. I used to watch him and he used to want success for England. I still do want success for England to an extent, but I'd rather it be Leicester City getting the success. Um, and I can't put my finger on why that why that's changed. I'm just, but for, yeah, if for... it's on telly, I won't watch it kind of thing. But for me. I'm. I kind of agree with the whole kind of situation and all the. I, I think some of the friendly lots are, are. There's a lot of friendlies and and again, there's there's some at the wrong time. I think I think we don't need so many. Um, the qualification I don't mind so much. It's always been that way. But what really does it for me is getting players in that don't deserve to be there. You know, in my eyes, 100%. you're looking at players that don't fully need to be there, and 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 uh, and then playing and being on the pitch and they're taking off players that have that have done really well but a player who's not playing so well but because he's like 
you know, the best friend. And in two games ago, he did something good for the manager. I just don't like that. I mean, if you go back years ago when, you know, Terry Venables and, you know, Glenn Hoddle, Robbie Robson, you know, these guys were in charge. The you, you could have looked at the whole of their squads, you know, and gone, they're players that deserve to be in this team. They've played their socks off of Paul Ince, you know, Terry Butcher, you know, these guys are all playing well. I mean, I must admit there was a point years ago when Alan Shearer got picked because of his name that wound me up. It's one of the reasons why I'm not a massive Alan Shearer fan. You know, Gaza, who was on form before the Euro 96, was then people questioning, should he be in the team? Well, he performed well. Why are you questioning? When his Alan Shearer hadn't really scored for X amount of months before the tournament, and he's being praised for being the greatest striker ever. It's like, well, again, consistency, guys, come on. You know, a player should be picked on the basis that, A, they're playing, where they're playing, and they're playing well. You know, you know you're not going to go out and pick a player that's not performing well. Oh, no, yes, we do. We're England. We're going to go and pick Harry Maguire. We're going to go and pick... Um, a uh, 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 Phillips, you know, we're going to go and pick Henderson, you know, these guys who, yes, they've done well for England, well done, Ooh, but they're not playing for their team. What does that say to a young kid coming up? Well, I could play as hard as I want, be the best player in the league, but if I'm not best friends with this manager, I'm not going to get anywhere. That doesn't say, that's the, that's the bit that I'm sick and tired of, these clicks. You know, yeah. if you've not got a uh, click, you know, it just... I matter. agree with that. And a big part of, part of it for me is the goalkeeping as well. There's Johnson, uh, Pickford, uh, Ramsdale, but where's Pope? Where is Nick Pope? He's on form. He's getting clean sheets in the league. And again, where, Ram- where is he? But, but, but again, he deserves to be at least in the squad, but yeah. he's not. And again, that's the other thing. It, 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 it's what's going on here. Why has this happened? You know, Tamore, you know, played some of the best football of his life. Yes, he's getting picked a, a bit more now, which is good. But before, when he was playing some of the best football of his life, racing man, he wasn't getting picked. And, but Maguire, who was scoring own goals, Man United was slumping. He didn't. He couldn't even kick a ball straight at some point. Is getting picked. I don't get it. I just didn't. I didn't get it. You know, for me, I would pick Tamori over him. And if I had to work a system around it, that's fine. Because at the end of the day, what you're trying to promote as an England manager is to perform well. Is to go out there and win. Okay. And to have a player that's sitting on the bench earning hundreds of thousands of pounds, I don't get it. You know, it's 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 like the Ballon d'Or. We were supposed to talk about the Ballon d'Or a couple of weeks ago. And uh, the Ballon d'Or for me is just the biggest load of bollocks in the world. Messi get, wins it and plays in the worst league probably in the world right now. It's it's on its up and it's getting there. But how how is he how is he the best player in the world? It, it just he's not. You know he's got skills, great, but he's not. He didn't do anything. And, also, man. and also, I think the Ballon d'Or is is well, it's people's opinions, isn't it? I don't think you can have a best best in the world it's is what people think who is the best in the world you know you know what i would like more would be uh the ballon d'or that actually picked the best in the world team so a goalkeeper you pick a goalkeeper that you think is the best somebody that's performed yeah. well look at all his stats you know a, a left back a right back a striker you know and 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 yeah i get that because you're actually picking them on but right now to sit down and go oh messi's the best in the world really are you just saying he's the most skillful or is the one that he's, that he's the one that is going to, you know, now that he's got so many, he's going to bring so much more social media to football. He's the one that more p- kids follow because he's messy. You know? Yeah. Uh, what do you look at to pick the best in the world? The fame, the stats, the, the club. 
Um, what is it? Because he probably was the best in the world five years ago. But I think a yeah. big part of that is because Argentina have won the World Cup. But how much was that of Messi? He's one player in a 23-man squad. And to me also, how much was that forced upon... Again, it was a bit obvious. Messi's last World Cup, they win the World Cup. I mean, come on. I mean, for me... That's <laughs> that is bit... dodgy, that is dodgy. That, yeah, when, I, once the World Cup started, that's it was my... all Argentina yeah. this, Argentina yeah. that. There's, there's, um, there's it no. It might be coincidence, but yeah. there's no proof. There's no proof that that is right. It's just I look at it, and I'm a bit of a, you know, I look at it that way. I mean, there's no proof for that, and I, there may have just been coincidence, and that's great. But for me, it's thing. I mean, the one thing I also watch me up. I play FIFA a lot at the moment on the PlayStation, and pretty much every team I come up against, it's Paris Saint Germain because they've got Mbappe, they've got Neymar, and they've got Messi, and they're literally that's all they've. That's, that's the reason why people do it. You know, it's the online like, uh, online seasons, isn't it? Yeah, online season. It's just it's like yeah. who am I playing? Oh, Paris Saint Germain. Who am I playing? Oh, Paris Saint Germain. Who am I playing? Paris Saint Germain. Who am I playing? Paris Saint Germain. And then it's been France, and you go. The only reason why you're doing that is because you've got Mbappe, and he's like you know over the top rated. And you sit down and go. And after a while, you get used to playing them, and I'm beating them, which is fine. Like, you know, <laughs> I I I actually play with like people like Newcastle or Borussia Dortmund at the moment, and I'm doing pretty well. But for me, um. I just find the whole world of football, and this is the reason why I was saying we'll bring it in. The whole world of football at the moment is slowly putting me off. I don't know if I would ever get back the passion as I had when I was a kid. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. Am I looking into it too deeply? You know, I'm. You know, social media is not a good place for it because obviously we get those speculations and and the things that we've said on this on this show is, it's it's again things that we've read, not that that we believe, not anything's been. You know, a lot of the stuff that we've read has it been. Uh, is it true? We can't really say. We don't have that. These are an opinion of myself and and Dean, and we're just sitting there, you know, shooting the shit with this, really, just having a chat, and you guys are, are listening to it, but. You know, football is, I'm being put off a little bit at the moment. And, you know, I'm glad that Leicester are doing really well. Grimsby, we're having a shit time because we've, we, you know, we're looking, still looking for a bloody manager. But that's not got anything to do with me not loving football. What's getting to me is at the moment, it just seems that it is all money, money placed. And, and that's where we are. Money and, and the big, big bosses, um, you know, the, the, you know what I mean? FA, FIFA, all, all that lot, um, which is is probably been like that for a while. But it's more, it's more. You, you're more aware of it now, and it's it's just it's spoiling the game. Um, the Everton deduction, the VAR, it's all spoiling that. I'll still have my love for Leicester City. Nothing will ever stop that. But um, you just look at it and think, top of the championship, things are going great in the championship. Good league. You need to get into the Premier League, but then Premier League's VAR—it's all money, sponsorship, and all this lot. Yeah, yeah you, you're in too much. You're in too much. You, yeah, it's a it's a difficult one. It um, is. Yeah. Anyway, what we're going to do, we're going to leave it there, guys. Thank you very much for joining us on this episode 21 of the Foxy's Blundercast, a.k.a. the FBC. Remember, everything that we have said in this podcast is an opinion base. And if you feel different, that's absolutely fine. You can let us know via our social medias, which is just down below. We will be back next week when we will be looking back on the Watford game and looking ahead uh, to the two games that are coming up in the week um, with Leicester City Football Club. Anyway. I've had fun. Have you had fun, Dean? I have, yeah. 
we've had a blowout. That's what we've done. We've we've yeah. got. Some... Give us your opinion though on yeah. social media. Yeah, let us know on social media. It'd be fantastic to find out. Anyway, I will say TTFN to everybody out there. Thank you for joining us, and we shall speak very, 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 very soon. <laughs>